This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Town, Peckle Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Rockin the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them, them down. Baby said she want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Rockin the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 213 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Let me change this overlay. Sorry, I was just jumping on here really, really quickly. There we go. All right. This is episode 213. I had it on the pregame show overlay. Sorry for the podcast audience there. A little uh, weird start. But hey, the Padres, uh, I'm excited. Coming on here quick. The Padres just took two out of three. From the San Francisco Giants, obviously the first game of this series didn't look so great. Uh, but then the final two games, they score a combined 20 runs. And I think our viewpoint on this team looks a lot different than our viewpoint was for game one uh, or after game one. You know, um, Obviously the title here, Manny freaking Machado, because of the moment that he had last night, that was obviously the highlight of this series. But today... 
I'm coming live here on YouTube after the Padres won 13 to seven. Yeah, they gave up seven runs. Some of it was sloppy, messy game, like Neat says here in the comments. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but look, they still scored 13 runs. They benefited from some of San Francisco's sloppiness, right? Uh, and then everyone in the Padres lineup today got a hit. Crony, Grisham, Soto, Manny, Drury, they all had multi-hit games. I believe one of those, I forget who it was, but one of them had a three-hit game. Let me check who that was. Um, my app's not going to want to load. Uh, while it's loading, okay, here it is. Manny had the three-hit game. He went three for five today, drove in two runs. Uh, his OPS is now 880. Soto is 908. And 800 is what you want it to be. So Soto is way ahead of that, way above that number. Um, and so, yeah, we were all concerned right after that five-game losing streak. Um, you know, it wasn't looking great. Last four games entering Tuesday, they scored four runs. Uh, oh, yeah, Crony had a three-hit game too. There we go, yeah. Got to give love to my favorite player. How did I forget that? Um, yeah, the first, I'm just looking at the box score, and Manny was the first three that I saw, so I said Manny. But yeah, Manny, Crony had three hit games, uh, Grisham had two hits, and Soto had two hits, Drury had two hits, but everyone in the lineup got a hit. Austin Nola out of the nine hole had a hit, and he homered. Uh, so yeah, great, great result offensively today from the Padres. 16 hits. There was some sloppiness. And I know the Padres are going to, you know, try to clean that up. Um, but you got to be happy because they did not play well against the Dodgers. They played a lot, much, a lot, I was about to say a lot much better. They played a lot better uh, this series against the Giants than they did in their last series. And hopefully they can keep that on a roll, right? Because um, that's really what it, you know, boils down to. That's what matters, right? Yeah, you can have a good series here, take two out of three against the Giants especially a really good last two games. But then what happens if you go lose to the Nationals uh, and you can't go beat the Marlins and you come back home and you can't beat the Nationals, can't beat the Royals? Like, then this doesn't matter, right? And it was huge today that they got the win over the Brewers, or excuse me, uh, because the Brewers, they also won today, I believe, against the Rays, I want to say. I know they won last night. Um, so now the Padres continue to have that one-game lead over Milwaukee for that final wild-card spot. Uh, we'll hit on today's game, yesterday's game, Monday's game, obviously. That wasn't so great, but we'll go in reverse order because today's game just happened. And then there's stuff to talk about with Luke Voigt and Eric Hosmer. There's some little info on that uh, from Bryce Miller uh, about Luke Voigt uh, not communicating with Eric Hosmer since they've been traded. Uh, it's not Luke Voigt, really. It was. It's more about Hosmer, so we'll get to that. There's a lot to get into about that. Uh, and then this series, obviously, there's. we have a quick Tatis update real quick. He, I think he's going to play today. I haven't checked San Antonio's schedule. I think they play Frisco today. Uh, but yesterday he looked really good. He has not played center field yet, but I would expect him to play center field in his next game. Um, yesterday he doubled, tripled, walked twice. So he's getting more in a groove, getting his timing down. Uh, and for him right now, it's just playing full games, right? Consistent full games. That's what it comes down to. 
Right now, he's not doing that in the field. I think he exited in like the seventh inning or something yesterday. So, got to play full games first, and I would think that Miami series is when he would return. But I'm not a part of the organization, so I obviously don't know. And I don't even think people in the organization right now know because they're trying to be as cautious as possible because you never know what could happen with Fernando, uh, just the way he plays on a rehab assignment. They don't want to say a certain date and then they don't get him enough reps or whatever, uh, and then people get disappointed because he he's not uh, on the major league roster by that date, you know. Um, but yeah, let's talk about these three games in this series. If you have any questions, any comments, feel free to put them in the comments here on YouTube, and you can support the channel using that super chat button or on regular videos using the super thanks button. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Located on Friars Road and inside Petco Park during the Padres season. Uh, Friars Road throughout the year. Um, great garlic fries, cheesesteaks, cheesesteak fries. Had some of those uh, these last couple of days when I was at the game. Um, Gagalonbros.com again. Uh, great sponsor to the show. All right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll start with today's game. Padres went 13-7. to Already talked about uh, you know the multi-hit games and everyone getting hits. But obviously the big hits, I mean, a lot of them were big hits. The big one people are going to remember, Brandon Jury's home run, Nola homering, right? Because those are the big you know, home runs. That's People just remember the home runs. But what I liked about this game and what I think is encouraging is they didn't just hit home runs. Like I know they went five games, I think, straight. Very recently, without hitting a home run before yesterday, before Soto went yard, and then obviously before Manny walked it off. So there was a worry there, and you obviously want to hit home runs, but you're not going to be able to hit home runs every game, right? And so the Padres being able to win today's game, score six runs in, what was that, the third inning without hitting a home run uh, is huge. Um, I mean, a lot of people came through in that third inning. You know, Grisham obviously... Uh, gave the Padres the lead, but you know it started. And you got to remember in that third inning, the Giants scored some runs off Manaya as well. Gave up that home run in the first inning. J.D. Davis, uh, a single past Soto. That was an error on Soto, even though they didn't. Well, no, they counted it by Soto. Okay, but they said the Slater one was a single. It was a single, but he got extra bases for it. Two runs scored because of that. Uh, and so yeah, that was part of the sloppiness. The Chris Matt play a little bit later in this game was part of the sloppiness uh, that they want to get cleaned up, obviously. But um, I think, you know, in this third inning, bottom third, Machado double. But then look at, the, it was like a streak of singles. That's what I like. Like, they got a lot of runners on base, and they consistently kept coming through. Uh, Drury single, that scored a run, made it 4-3. Cronenworth singled, tied the game. Then Grisham singled. Uh, to give the Padres the lead. And then Nola beating it out, beating out the uh, double play, possible double play ball, making it 6-4. Uh, just the hustle showed today, too. Uh, Nola obviously beating out that uh, grounder that I just talked about there in the third. But then Grisham, what inning was that? Was that the seventh? I want to say it was the seventh, or was it the sixth? It was the sixth. Bottom of the sixth where uh, Trent Grisham singled on a grounder to second. Little nubber, wasn't hit great. But he sprinted his butt off, uh, got to first, beat the throw, 
and then forced, uh, I think it was Brandon Bell at first base, forced the bad throw, and uh, Kim ended up scoring. That gave the Padres another run, made it 11-7, to and then they'd add on after that with Nola having that three-run home run, uh, excuse me, two-run home run, to make it 13-7 Padres. And obviously Brandon Drury hitting that three-run home run in the sixth, that was huge, made it 9-7 Padres. And like I talked about, the Nola, the Drury home runs, those are the two big moments people are going to remember. Uh, from this game because they were the home runs. Um, yeah, Manaya wasn't great. Uh, I'll talk about him in a little bit. But like with Brandon Jury, that's another guy to obviously hit on from this game. His impact, uh, I mean, this guy should have, what, four home runs with the Padres right now? Because remember, he was robbed during that Rocky series, during that day game, by an amazing catch by the left fielder. I think it was David Dahl or something. Or no, he doesn't play for the Rockies anymore. I forget who it was. Not the point. The left fielder made a tremendous catch up against the wall. Uh, was it Sam Hilliard? Robbed um, Drury. There was that one. And then last night, he got robbed as well by uh, Yaz, Mike Yastrzemski, I believe, uh, in center. And then he homers today. Obviously, you had the grand slam in his Padres debut. during That was Soto's debut as well and Bell's debut that Wednesday, last Wednesday. That feels like weeks ago, by the way. Uh, but yeah, he has been robbed a lot. He's kind of like turning into the Luke Voigt. Not like not that like Luke Voigt was robbed a lot of home runs, but like uh like by a player, like catching the ball. But he was robbed because he hit balls pretty hard and uh they ended up falling on the warning track and stuff like that. But yeah, the the numbers would be a whole lot better if Drury wasn't robbed twice. And it's been a week uh, in a Padres uniform for for, for Brandon Drury. Uh, yeah, he wasn't that great defensively at third base that one night against the Dodgers, uh, but he's had a pretty good impact on this team so far. So I love what I'm seeing out of him, and he's finding a home as the DH right now. So you love to see that. Uh, yeah, Yousef here in the comments, Drury robbed twice, and the bad call at home. Well, the bad, the call at home wasn't really bad. He he was out. If you saw that angle the other night on Monday, he was out. Um. Yeah, uh, at the stadium on Monday, I thought that he was safe. But everyone at Petco Park on the Jumbotron, the only angle that we saw was the safe angles where it looked like Drury was safe. Um, but then I guess they showed it on the broadcast. They showed an angle where he was out and it looked like Drury's hand was hovering over the plate and he was tagged by the catcher. So, no, he was out. It wasn't the bad call at home, but I get your point. Yeah, he's uh, that was another close call as well. And, yeah, Drury's, he's making an impact for this team. And that was Sean Manaya today. I mean, man, Kevin Acey said on the Darren Smith show earlier today that Manaya was, like, fighting for a spot in the rotation. I guess he has more sources than I I mean, I don't have sources. I talked to Preller and Seidler. I talked to those people directly and post it when I do, because uh, I'm not trying to do it for sources or to any of that stuff. Um, but AC, I guess, knows more. He talks to more Padres people more frequently than I do. I only do it when I'm a fan at the ballpark. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he was saying that is fighting for a spot in the rotation. Yeah, Manaya hasn't been great. I understand that. He sucked against the Tigers. Uh, he didn't pitch well against the Dodgers last time out, right? Totally did not allow the Padres any chance to win that game on, what was that, Friday. 
But I don't think he's fighting for a spot in the rotation. I think he's going to be in the rotation next time out. Uh, he went five innings, three in runs today, four runs in total, six hits, struck out four, walked one, gave up a home run to uh, J.D. Davis to right field. I think that Nick Martinez, he's obviously the other option over Manaya, but he's pitching really, really well out of the Padres' bullpen right now. And he's being very he's a very valuable piece out of that Padres bullpen right now, which has been pretty shaky. Uh, and so, you know, I mean we saw it with Hader last night. Um it's been pretty shaky. Robert Suarez hasn't been that great since he's come back off the IL. I know he just came off the IL during that Dodger series, right? But uh the bullpen is kind of shaky. Martinez is one of the the few guys that I can rely on there. And Shamanaya, like him giving up three runs today in five innings, like he is the five starter at the end of the day. You know, should he be pitching better? I think he would tell you yes. But I don't want to take Martinez out of the role that he seems to be thriving in right now and put him back in the rotation. And then Shamanaya gets moved to the bullpen and you just don't know what he's going to bring you, you know? And so, yeah, like Albert says here in the comments, they should let Nick Martinez start regularly. Shamanaya will not be back next season. He might not be back next season, or he might be back because he's at a lower salary. I don't know. But um, my personal point of view, just after the game today, haven't totally thought about it too much. I, I think that Nick should remain in the bullpen for now, and that Shamanaya should just remain the five starter. And the Padres should hope that um, he gets more consistent uh, or he has more consistent outings um, from now on. And today, out of the they they threw Chris Matt. He didn't pitch too amazingly. Uh, Suarez, Morahone, Taylor Scott, a couple guys that aren't going to pitch frequently. So not really a point in talking about them. But like if this game was on the line, even if you know they had Manaya go five innings, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you know you could have Chris Matt. Even if he struggled, if the Padres didn't play that sloppy on defense, that's three runs that that would have been taken off the board for the Giants. So that's they would have scored what four runs today instead of seven. So that's more doable in terms of the Padres holding that and the and the Padres offense scoring more than four runs. They scored thirteen today. Uh, I'm not expecting them to score thirteen every game, obviously, uh, but just. Not as much sloppiness. And uh, Manai maybe going six instead of five. Uh, I'm fine with that. You know, he is the five starter after all. All right. So that was today's game. Everyone in the lineup got a hit like I talked about. Loved it. Padres are 63 and 51 right now. Let me check the standings just to make sure I'm reading it correctly. So the wild card right now. Not every game has been played today, so don't take this for the podcast audience or anyone watching on replay. Don't take this like literally like this is what the standings are right now as you're listening. But for the live audience, it is. Uh, Padres are in the third wild card spot. They're a game up on Milwaukee for a playoff spot. Milwaukee's 60 and 50. The Padres are 63 and 51. Philadelphia 61 and 48. They're a half game up on the Padres. For the second spot, and Atlanta is 65 and 46. They are three and a half up on the Padres. 
So that's what we got right now. The Padres have won two in a row, obviously. They won today, won yesterday, which is what we'll get to right now. Uh, and like I've mentioned multiple times already this week, I think that the Padres are going to make the postseason. They have too much talent not to. And I know we probably said that last year, but last year we hadn't lived through the collapse yet. This year, it's different. We lived, we've lived through the collapse. We lived through it last year. But it's totally different this year because we have a different team. We have a better rotation. We have Josh Hader. I know he struggled yesterday, but I'm still confident in him. Um, we don't have starting pitchers going down left and right. right? We don't have Vince Velasquez and Jake Arrieta uh, pitching. right? And we have Juan Soto in our lineup and Fernando coming back. Uh, and remember, the collapse happened with Fernando playing and hitting 42 home runs you know we don't even have them back yet and they're in a playoff spot we have an improved lineup a lot of depth now um i really like their chances to make the postseason despite them losing five games in a row uh recently but moving to tuesday's game padres won this one seven to four right out of the gate props to joe musgrove seven innings one run uh he was pretty dominant um they needed this obviously you didn't want to lose six in a row because they were on that five-game losing streak. And he showed up like an ace, right? They just paid him that $100 million extension. Uh, he showed up like an ace. Gave up six hits, uh, but he didn't walk anyone. So limited those base runners uh, as much as he could there. Struck out four, did give up a home run early, but then he settled in there. Didn't give up any more runs after that. Lowered his ERA to two nine one. I think it was at like three. Uh, going in and then the bullpen yeah haters sucked we'll get to him uh, but more home garcia tim hill after hater came in uh, they all didn't allow any runs and then hater yeah struggle three runs gave up three of them oh man i was at this game and that was a pain to watch really like you were confident and it was like okay we're up four to one right now and Josh Hader on the mound finally had an entrance, you know, to uh, him coming on the mound like the Padres closers usually have, and he felt good. And then it started getting really bumpy and bumpy really fast. Uh, you know, hitting batters, walking consecutive batters, walking batters with the bases loaded, just didn't deserve to be out there for as long as he did. I totally understand uh, the people that are like coaches or um, they used to play or just fans in general that say, hey, it's not a good look. Uh, you know, you want to give your closer the first uh, save situation that he has with the Padres. You don't want to bail on him and you want to show that you have confidence in him if you're Bob Melvin, so you shouldn't pull him. Uh, you should give him that chance to get out of it. But he did have the chance. That's the thing. Like, when... Once he walked, or excuse me, hang on. So he walked Belt, that loaded the bases, or no, that, that, that scored Wilmer Flores, that made it 4-3, and then once he gave up that bullet sack fly that tied the game, 4-4, okay, no, never mind, never mind. Um, oh, that's my bad. Tim Hill replaced Hater then, but still, like, Okay, so I'm totally with everyone on uh, Hater 
being in for as long as he was. Like, if you want him in that long, once it's a tie game, you take him out of the game. That's what happened here. So, actually, I'm not going to get on Bob Melvin as much as I thought I was going to. Uh, this is the first time me looking at the plays again in the box score uh, on MLB.com, like play by play, because uh, I was at the game. But when I was at the game, like I'll tell you my thoughts when I was at the game during uh, this like meltdown, I thought he should have been taken out like much earlier. Uh, I knew what the score was and all that, but it felt like he faced a million batters because he was just throwing ball after ball after ball or hitting batters and walking batters, walking batters. Uh, with the bases loaded to bring in runs. And it was just like, all right, let's go. Get him out of there. Um, you could make the, some fans probably would have said, yeah, once he loaded the bases, take him out. Uh, but I'm more with the people to give Josh Hader uh, that confidence, right? You, you got to let him get out of it. But once the game was tied, then I agreed with Bob Melvin's decision to go with Tim Hill uh, there or just go to anyone else. Um, but yeah. If this was Taylor Rogers, I think Bowmel would have taken Josh Hader out earlier because he's already had a chance to be the closer. And at this point, what is confidence? But it is a new player coming over. And I think you do have to give him a little bit of room there. Still, as a fan, I totally understand that viewpoint of, okay, Hader should have been gone once you know he showed no command and once he had faced those his three batters. I understand that point. Um, but I also got to look at it through Bo Mel's view and other fans' views, you know, that tweet at me or whatever, and they or I see on Twitter, and I'm like, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I just look back at the play-by-play here, and once the game was tied, that liner sack fly by Longoria to left, where Profar made an amazing catch, by the way, Austin Slater scored. Once that happened, he took him out of the game, and then Tim Hill got out of it. So I'm not going to get on Bo Mel as much as I thought I would. I thought. For some reason, I was going to look at this, and I thought that he was going to that he um, that Bowmel kept Hater in for an additional batter, uh, but no. Once it was tied, he took him out. So uh, I'm not going to get on Bowmel too much. So yeah, if you want to get on him, feel free in the chat. Let me know why. Uh, yeah, preserve the lead. Blah blah blah. I understand that, but I'm just looking at it as you got to give Hater that confidence. Uh, and you know, it was a tie game. You still had the opportunity to go back and or come back and win the game. Like the Padres did. Uh, they ended up walking off, uh, obviously with Manny, but I wanted to focus on that pro far catch, uh, on that Longoria sack fly. Like, yeah, run scored game tied. It was a bullet and Hader didn't pitch well. That's why he took him out there after that game was tied. But a uh, huge catch by Jerickson. I mean, this guy has been tremendous all year long in left field. I don't know the other great left field defensive players so far this year in the National League, but I would think that Jerickson Profar is up there in the gold glove conversation uh, in left field. I, I think so. I mean, just look at the plays that he's made. I mean, that one play, obviously, uh, against the Dodgers, where he, I think he threw out Chris Taylor earlier in the year at Petco on a fly ball to left. Uh that was huge. I think that was the game where Nola walked it off, and that'll, that, that, that just totally changed that inning in extras, I think, in the top of the 10th. There was that play. Uh, him throwing out so many runners this year, especially early on in the season, and they continued to run on him, and he continued to throw guys out. And then, obviously, last night with the diving play, 
And you got to remember, you know, it was, what was it, weeks ago that, or a month ago maybe, where Profar exited that game? Um, who was it? Was it Musgrove pitching? He exited that game when uh, Abrams hit him in the hit him in the head, right, with the knee. And we didn't know when he was going to be, how long he was going to be out for or whatever. He was only out for the minimum, I think it was like seven days or something, the concussion IL. And he's come back and playing like the same guy, at least defensively. And so huge props to Jerkson. I think he's one of the fan favorites beyond, you know, the star Tatis, Manny Soto, uh, Musgrove, you know. He's one of those fan favorites that real fans, they love Jerkson, you know. Uh, so huge props to him. And then in the ninth, obviously, well, first off, before we get to the bottom of the ninth, talking about Soto hitting his first home run, that was an electric atmosphere to be a part of. That was a bomb that he hit. And uh, just watching his at-bats, I probably already said this, but his at-bats, they are must-watch. They are just, it's incredible to watch. Uh, the Soto shuffle, just the way that he goes about it and the aggressiveness in his practice swings um, in between pitches. And he varies the Soto shuffle. Like I was watching closely last night at the game and some of the shuffle, he, you know, leans towards the pitcher and then moves his back foot and kind of sweeps it. Or there's some times where he leans toward the pitcher a couple times and then comes back uh, and keeps that left foot in or yeah, the left foot in the batter's box. Just different ways. And then he, I think he walked yesterday as well. He already has, obviously, the Major League Baseball record uh, past Ted Williams at Dodger Stadium this past weekend for the most walks before hitting the age of 24, I believe, because he's only 23 years old. So the plate discipline is unreal. Yeah, there were some at bats this series where it didn't look that great. And it was a little weird to see him swing and miss and strike out looking, I think he did the other night, last night. But he has been amazing as a Padre. On Monday night, he made a, a tremendous uh, fielding play, or tremendous catch, down the right field line, slamming into the right field wall. Uh, man, he, he's just he's brought some energy to this team. And then guess what? Even more energy is going to brought, be brought to this team when Fernando comes back, hopefully for the Miami series on, when would that be, the 15th, I think. So I can't wait for that. Uh, but yeah, that was huge. And then in the ninth inning, Nola grounded out. Okay. Uh, but Profar singled, bottom nine. And remember that obviously that Profar play changed it because that diving play, uh, I promise I'll get to the bottom of the ninth here. That in the top of the ninth, that Profar diving play, that saved at least one run. That would have uh, gave the Giants at least the lead. And maybe. Dominic Leon wouldn't have, or excuse me, uh, Tyler Rogers. Leon was pitching the eighth. At least Tyler Rogers, maybe he wouldn't have been pitching in that game. Maybe it would have been um, who is their uh, Duvall, their uh, fireball closer. Maybe they would have had him in the game on back-to-back -back nights. But instead, they went with Tyler Rogers and the Rogers brothers. Man, they hate the Padres this year. Um, because Rodgers came in, and the Padres weren't fooled by his you know, windup or anything. Profar with the single, Soto catcher's interference. And Soto, he felt it immediately. Like He was like, review that, told the Padres to review that. Umpires reviewed it, catcher's interference. I think some people in the upper deck, because that's where I was sitting, I think some people thought that 
he got hit there just because of the angle that we were at, 309, because um, we were high up. But he didn't get hit. It was catcher's interference. And obviously Manny steps up, hits the home run, and I absolutely love this call from uh, Don Ursillo. Uh, Bally Sports, San Diego. Let's see if it'll play. Because I'm in my garage. This timing's not going to be great. Just got the spinning wheel of death pretty much right now. Let's see if this will work. But I love the call from Jesse. Uh, I was listening to Bennett Woods this morning. They played the, I think, the was it the Korean call? Love that. And it's still loading. So I don't know if we're going to play it. Because I did not hear this call, obviously, because I was at the game. Yeah, don't think we're going to hear it. Yeah, all right. Well, you can go look at it, obviously, online or the Padres Twitter or wherever it is, Valley Sports San Diego, their Twitter. It's up there. Uh, but I thought that was a great call. And it was overall, it was a great night. I mean, I'm glad that the Padres won this game uh, because Joe pitched amazingly well. Seven innings, one run. The Padres won that game yesterday after not being able to get Blake Snell that win on Monday night. So I guess they kind of redeemed themselves there. And getting the series win is what uh, Padres fans, that's what we wanted, you know. A sweep is great, and you thought that they probably could sweep on Monday if the, the offense just came through, like, once or twice. Um, and obviously that Drury dive to home was so close. If they came in just a couple times, because Blake Snell pitched great, they would have swept this series, right? Uh, but I'm happy with the series win. As for Monday, I mean, they, they lost one nothing. It's There's not a lot to talk about in this one nothing game. I mean, Blake Snell got out of some jams. First inning, obviously, first and third. I think there was no outs and struck out three straight guys. He pitched great. I, I think, what do you go, like seven innings? Seven or six or seven innings, gave up one run. And the one run was on a bases loaded jam, no outs, and he only allowed one run on the sack fly, I think, center. And Will and center didn't help him out too much either. Um, I already talked about the Soto great play. That was later in the game, I think, after Snell had already left. But, I mean, on Monday, the offense just wasn't there. But I wanted to pull up. It was in the fourth inning, top of the fourth. Three straight singles, and then he got a sack fly from Estrada. That made it one nothing. That was the only run the Giants scored there. They won one nothing, obviously. Uh, he walked Bart, but then he got out of it. Got uh, struck out Luis Gonzalez, and got uh, Austin Slater to ground out to Drury. And Drury made a great play, by the way, to save a couple runs as well. So he made a great play. Soto made a great play later in this game. So props to them, but obviously that wasn't enough. Um, Obviously, Brandon Drury attempted to score there in the seventh inning. Yeah, seventh, bottom seven. Kim doubles down the line. And in the stadium, it went nuts when the Padres tied the game. Everyone went nuts. Looked like they tied it. But then the review happened. It looked like the Giants reviewed it immediately. And uh, obviously, it got overturned. That was disappointing. At Petco Park. I said this, I think, on whether it was on the pregame show earlier today before today's win or it was earlier in this episode. I've already been talking for a half an hour, so sorry if I forgot what I said earlier. But uh, 
and now I just forgot. Oh no, um, at Petco Park, the only uh, cameras they were showing or the angles were Drury being safe. The angles showed it looked like Drury was safe. Like there was no angle that showed, oh, Drury's going to be out here. Well, I guess on the TV they showed an angle where Drury was actually out, and uh, his hand was hovering over the plate. And the catcher tagged him, and he was out by a hair. Like, just, it literally, they had to pause, or at least I did. When I went back, when I got home from the game, I had to, I went back, looked at the play, and I had to pause it. You know you, you know how you can kind of slow-mo stuff? Well, it was so close that I had to pause it and not slow-mo so that I could get a obvious, like, picture that, okay, he was out. Because in slow-mo, you couldn't tell from one, I don't know what you call it, um, one image to the next from the slow-mo video. Like, one looked like the catcher hadn't tagged him yet and Jury was going to score. And then the next, okay, he tagged him and Jury's hand still isn't on the plate yet. So I, I agreed with the umpire's decision. I didn't agree with it when I was at the game, just like 40,000 other people didn't, by the way. But they made the right decision, and the Padres deserved to lose that game, if I'm being honest. Blake Snell didn't, but pretty much the rest of the team did because they just didn't come through. The ninth inning was kind of disappointing as well, having Soto, Manny, and Bell up. And Soto, I think he ground out. Manny lined out. Bell struck out. But Duvall throws gas, you know. You're expecting a strikeout to come, and Bell did there to end the game. But, uh, yeah, it was frustrating going into Tuesday's game because, yeah, frame, sorry. There we go. Thank you. See, some, sometimes my mind just blanks on certain phrases. Pause video image is a frame. Yeah, sorry. That's what I mean. So from frame to frame, it was like, okay, it looks like he's probably going to be safe here. Tag's not on. And then the next frame, oh, wow, Jury's hand isn't on the plate yet, and he's being tagged, so he's out. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. After uh, Monday's game, losing five in a row, it was frustrating. It sucked. Scoring four runs in four games with this offense. Like, if you would have told any Padre fan, you know, that knows the team and knows the players the Padres got back before the deadline, if you were to tell them, hey, you're, you're going to get Juan Soto, Josh Bell, and Brandon Drury here, you're going to have, uh, you know, like Crony hitting seventh, six, six or seventh, and you're going to have. You know, your middle of your order be, or two, three, four be Soto, Manny, and Bell. And oh, yeah, you're uh, going to get shut out two games in a row. You're going to go uh, 25, 26 innings without scoring a run. I don't think many fans would believe you or believe me, you know, if I told you that. Uh, and so, yeah, that was crazy. That was disappointing. Uh, but like the series against the Dodgers over the weekend. The Padres didn't deserve to win that series. The pitching didn't play well enough. Obviously, offense didn't show up. They were sloppy a little bit on defense. Even Manny made an error over the weekend. Uh, but they deserved to win today with the how the off how can I just talk? I'm talking too fast because I'm excited about what happened in this series. Um, but this series today they deserved to win. They deserved to win yesterday uh, because everyone played well pretty much except Josh Hader. Uh, but they didn't deserve to win Monday. But, hey, I'm going to take the series win. The Padres still have 
a playoff spot. They're still a game up on Milwaukee. And now they go, you know, take this momentum or, I mean, momentum, there's no momentum. I don't really believe in baseball, but I know that's a phrase that a lot of people use. Take the positive vibes you're, you're having right now and uh, how great everyone's feeling in that clubhouse and take that with you to Washington where you're playing a bad team. Take that with you to Miami where you play a bad team. Take that with you back home uh, and play that same bad Washington team, right? Don't, you know, if Luke Voigt gets you, which he probably is going to again uh, in Washington or back home here, if he gets you, well, okay, let him be the only guy that gets you because the Washington lineup sucks. And the Washington pitchers are not good either, you know? Take that momentum and, you know, these next five series, they play the they play Washington in two series, so that's like what uh, six, seven games against Washington. You got three against Miami. Uh, you play the Royals. You play the Guardians before playing another good team. Like they got to take these next however many games and go win probably more than two thirds of them if they really want to have a chance at getting that four seed and they want to get up to that five seed. You know. You don't want to be in that six seed uh, against Milwaukee the rest of the way, you know. Uh, but let's see here. This it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Or no, it's like a fourteen-game stretch. Washington, Miami, Washington again, and Cleveland. Take this or fifteen games, I think. Take this fifteen-game stretch. And go like at least ten and five in it, you know, because these are bad teams. These are bad teams. I mean, just look at Washington. Let me go to the standings here. Washington right now is thirty-seven and seventy-six. That's who they play Friday through Sunday. Friday's game's on Apple TV Plus, by the way. Sunday's game is on Peacock. Uh, so have fun with that. Um, and then, who's the next team they play? The Mets. Or not the Mets. The Marlins. The Marlins are 49-60. and 60. That's not good. And then you got the Guardians. They're, they're in first place, actually. They're five games over 500, but they're not on the Padres level, obviously, right? Um, so, go win that, or at least split. And again, Kansas City, 45-66. and 66. Like, you're playing three of those four teams are bad teams, well under 500. You got to go take advantage of that. Seriously, you have to go take advantage of that. So this next 15 games are going to be huge for the Padres. And I'm sure I'll be discussing that more next couple days. If I do another episode, maybe on Friday or something, just because I like to do one usually after an off day. Um, don't want to go like four or five days without doing an episode. Um, but yeah, this Giants series, it's an encouraging series win. They needed it. It's encouraging because Musgrove got back to being Musgrove and because of the offense. Um, well, Snell, too, even though they lost that game. But the two big ones, Musgrove getting back to being Musgrove and then the offense scoring 20 runs in the last two games. Like, let's do that more consistently, you know? I'm not saying 20 runs in two games span every two games, but, like, Let's score runs consistently. Let's not have those five-game losing streaks where you're, you know, you're scoring four runs in a four-game stretch, right? 
even against the Dodgers. Like, let's please, let's not do that. Trying to go through some comments here. I know I've been yapping a lot here. Albert says the Padres should sweep Washington. Uh, I mean, yeah. I haven't looked at the matchups. I mean, no Musgrove, obviously. So who, who would the starters be? Darvish. Would it be Darvish, Clev, and uh, Snell? Right? I think those would be the starters. That's a good chance. I mean, regardless of who the starters are, that that's a... Those are some good matchups, favorable pitching matchups for the Padres to go sweep that series. Yeah, uh, you would you would hope that they sweep one of these series against these Marlins, Nationals, Royals teams, or a couple, you know, because of how talented this team is. This isn't the team from a few weeks ago, right? This team is supposed to be better. GQ Martinez says Manny Lazy Machado after last night's win. Fraudre fans be like, we won the freaking Super Bowl. Let's go Big Blue Wrecking Crew. All right. Well, you're a Dodger fan, so I'm going to get you out of this chat. So enjoy the Dodgers, please. Enjoy your, what is today? Today's Wednesday. Enjoy your Wednesday night. Uh, I'm glad that you thought that this was going to be funny to come in here and into a Padre chat. But uh, I'm trying to be a little positive here. And uh, Manny... If you know Manny, if you've seen Manny play consistently for the Padres, I've said this so many times, you know that he is not a lazy player. It can look lazy when he's not running out every ball, but do you want him playing every day? Do you want his bat in the lineup every day? Or do you want him playing not every day? You know? I want him playing every day. Was he lazy last night? I know I already kicked that Dodger fan out, but was he lazy last night when he hit the walk-off home run? He was lazy rounding the bases because he won the freaking game. Uh, was he lazy last night with that bare hand play behind the mound on that like swinging bunt? No. Was he lazy today when he doubled down the line? No. Like, come on. Watch the guy every day. Like People that say that, they don't watch him every day. Or else they would definitely not think that he's lazy. Yusef says, why did Soto have multiple first pitch ground outs today? I'm used to more patience from him. Because he saw a pitch he liked and swung at it. Like, if a pitch is down the middle or if it's a pitch that he likes, like, I'm not saying, or he he's probably not saying, like, oh, I have to watch, I have to get to a five pitch count here, you know? I have to see five pitches every at-bat. You know, like, if it's a good pitch, he's going to swing. Dennis asks, when do you predict we get Tatis? Um, I think the Miami series on the 15th. Maybe it's not the beginning. Maybe it's the middle. Uh, maybe it's Sunday against Washington at Nats Park. I have no idea. Uh, but I, I would think Miami. That's what I've heard. He hasn't played center field yet. All day go here in the chat ass. Is Tatis taking reps at center? I think their plan is to get him in at center field sometime today. Sometime, maybe not today, but whenever they play next. I think they play today. 
Um, so he will be taking reps there, and he's probably going to be splitting time with Grisham in center based on matchups. So, like, if there's a lefty on the mound, Tatis might go play center with Kim at shortstop because Kim's playing pretty well. Uh, and then against righties, they have Tatis go back to short and Grisham play center. But hang on one second. Let me look at the San Antonio missions here. Just to give another update here to make sure. So they're in a delay right now. So maybe Tatis doesn't go play the outfield because if there's an if they're in a delay, I assume it's a weather delay. And yesterday there was some weather and they didn't want him playing the outfield. Excuse me, they didn't want him playing the outfield either. Uh, so yeah, Dennis, back to that question, probably Miami. And if Tatis is taking reps in center, yes, they're going to give him reps in center. Tatis is not playing left. No, they'd play. He would play center. Uh, Profar is playing really, really well in left, and Tatis is has probably the more range. Uh, I would think than Profar probably has the stronger arm. Like I feel like he'd be more comfortable in center anyway. Like Profar last year in center did not work out great <laughs> at all. Um, all right, so we talked about this Giants Padres series. Now I want to get to. Eric Hosmer and Luke Voigt. So, the latest year. So, I tweeted this out earlier today. Bryce Miller writes for the San Diego Union Tribune, and he is at Wrigley Field, I believe, this week. And the Nationals were playing the Cubs, and the Nationals have Luke Voigt on their team now because of that Soto trade. They have Gore as well. Um, and he talked with Luke Voigt and asked Luke Voigt if he had communicated with Eric Hosmer since the trade deadline. Because remember, Luke Voigt went to Washington because Eric Hosmer vetoed that Soto trade. He had a no-trade clause, so it was within his power to do so. But he didn't want to go to Washington, went to the Red Sox instead. And by the way, the Padres wouldn't have had to pay eight of the $44 million remaining, I believe, on Hosmer's contract. Uh, if he went to Washington, instead, they have to pay all of the $44 million uh, now that he's in Boston. Boston didn't take on any of that. So Seidler, that cost, that move didn't just cost him Voight. It cost him $8 million as well. And so Voight, he was the second one in line. Uh, Hosmer was the first. Hosmer veto. Voight went to the Nationals. And obviously Voight, he was beloved here. Uh, the chess moss, the home runs, let's friggin' go San Diego, as he liked to say. He was loved here. I loved him. And I think on this team, he still would have had a role. There's some people that would ask, hey, well, he wasn't going to have a role. Well, yeah, I, I think he would have. He could have still DH'd. Because if he wouldn't have, the Padres probably wouldn't have went and got Brandon Drury if Voight was still on the team. Or if they had someone else DH, he could be a bench bat. And I'm sorry, having Luke Voight pinch hit, I'd rather have him go pinch hit then who who would it be right now? Matthew Batten, Noor Mazzara, you know? Um, Alfaro has a bum knee. That's why I say those two. Like, I'd rather have that, you know? Um, and so it sucks for Luke that he has to go to Washington because Washington's not trying to win, obviously. They're going to have an ownership change. And his family was just settling in in Coronado uh, and just settling in in the city of San Diego had like a 14-month-old kid, and uh, now, because of Eric Hosmer's decision, 
he has to go to Washington and play for a non-contending team, while his old team, the Padres, are probably a World Series contender right now. So that sucks for him. And so getting back to Bryce Miller, he asked Voight if Hosmer had communicated with Voight since the trade deadline. And Luke Voigt responded and said, nope. Let me get you the full uh, reply that Luke Voigt gave to Bryce Miller here. He said, nope, it is what it is. I can't do anything about it when he was asked if Hosmer had communicated with him. And to me, it's like, okay, really, Hos? For someone that was praised as this clubhouse leader, this best teammate ever, you can't send a text to Luke Voigt to the guy that you literally changed his whole life and made him go across the country because you decided not to go to Washington. You can't send him a text and say, hey, I wish you the best. Hey, uh, you know, hopefully you don't take it personally. It's nothing personal against you. I just want to be in a situation where I have a better chance to win. Nothing. Didn't communicate, him with a, didn't communicate with him at all. Just said, nope. I'm just going to go to Boston. I'm going to go get my standing ovation uh, in Kansas City. Not going to give a text to Luke. Not going to wish him well or anything. Nope. Just bye-bye. No text. No call. It literally takes a minute. It would have taken Hosmer a minute. To send Void a text, hey, I know what you're in Washington because of me. Hopefully you don't take this personally. I have nothing personal against you. It was great being your teammate. I wish you all the best. I'll be rooting for you whenever we're not playing you. And hope all is well with your family. Like, it takes a minute, you know. Didn't even do that. And he has yet, by the way, to send any message, any thank you, to the fans that actually did support him here. Uh, no thank you at all, at least publicly, to Padres fans, to the Padres, nothing. He had his wife do it, or his wife, or yeah, because they are married. His wife uh, posted a little something on Instagram. That's it. And I'm blocked by Eric Cosmer on Twitter, so if he, even if he did post something, I wouldn't even be able to see it. I found out that like a week ago. I had no idea that Haas blocked me. Um, I don't think I tag him in much. I don't think I did tag him in much. Uh, maybe just looked up his name on Twitter, Eric Hosmer, and saw a bunch of his bad highlights that I post just because he sucked with the Padres for the most part. Um, but yeah, I'm blocked by him, so maybe that's accomplishment. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so it's really, really weird with that Haas Voigt situation. Like, to me, it's like, wow, Haas must have really disliked Luke Voigt or something. Like, I know Voigt took away some of Haas's playing time at first base and all that, but it's not like Voigt was amazing at first base defensively either. Uh, but, man, that was weird to me. To not send a text, not communicate at all, with the guy that had his life changed because of your decision. And you can't tell me that Eric had no idea that Voigt was the guy that was going to be traded or has no idea that Voigt's on the Nationals now. Like, come on. Of course you do, Eric. 
be better than that. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but I still am surprised because of all these teammates that have said he's the greatest teammate ever. Well, I guess if he's not technically your teammate anymore, then he's not the greatest teammate ever, you know? That was, I guess that was a little disappointing to me. Um, yeah, so, all right. We've talked about a lot here. Any other comments, any other questions here? If you want to support the channel, use the Super Chat button, episode 213 here of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Uh, this is presented by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Visit gaglionbros.com today. Um, off day tomorrow, Washington series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then they go to Miami. We'll see when Tatis comes back. Uh, a lot of positives to take from this San Francisco series. It was probably a must-win San Francisco series here because you didn't want to fall behind Milwaukee in the standings. And San Francisco falls under the team that you should beat. Uh, they should beat most of the teams that they play the rest of the season because of how great this team is on paper and the talent that they have in this lineup and the talent they have in the rotation. And when the bullpen's going up well, they have a good bullpen as well. Uh, so, yeah, they won a series they should have won. And I'm encouraged by what I saw from Joe Musgrove with the bounce back from him. I continue to be encouraged from what I see from Blake Snell. And I was really encouraged from what I saw from the offense the last two games. And uh, Manny freaking Machado. Um, Jim Russell, take that. You know, he, anyone on Twitter knows that uh, when Manny said, freaking, I'm freaking Manny Machado, or I'm effing Manny Machado, uh, when he was asked by reporters if he's concerned after the Padres got swept by the Dodgers. And Jim didn't like that. He said, hey, uh, well, Manny effing Machado is hitting 212 or whatever the last, like, two months of this, two months of this season, since, like, June 1st or whatever. And he said, not a good look by Manny tonight. And it's like, all right, dude. I was, they had me call into their, or they had me on their radio show, John Jim, yesterday when I was at Petco. And I was saying, I had the totally opposite viewpoint from that uh, of Jim's. And it's like, Manny, Manny's a confident guy. Like, that's just who he is. So he is accountable. For anyone that wants to say, oh, he needs to be more accountable, uh, I would have liked them to be accountable there instead of uh, saying, I'm Manny effing Machado. No. He is being accountable. He's accountable every time that he is asked by reporters, uh, why is this team not playing well? What needs to happen? He's accountable. He says we're not playing good enough. Essentially, this is what he says. We need to play better baseball. Just got to play better baseball. I know it's a lot of cliches and all that, but that is him being accountable. And he's the leader of this team. If you take away his confidence, then that's a lot of what Manny Machado is. He's a confident and really, really talented baseball player. One of the best players in this league, on the face of the earth. And so you take away the confidence, even like for a game, that's troubling to me. Like It's not going to go great. I want that guy to be confident. I don't care if he strikes out four times in a row and he goes 0 for 4 that day. Like I want him to be confident because that's a big part of what he is. And that shows other players in the clubhouse, hey, our leader of this team, he's still confident in this team. He knows how much talent is on this team. I should not be getting down. You should not be getting down. We have the talent here. Tomorrow's a new day. We're going to turn it around here. And guess what? They did. They scored 20 runs combined yesterday and today. You know, that's what a leader does. Like he, he always has confidence. 
and Manny freaking Machado delivered last night. What an electric moment. When that walk-off happened, that was absolutely nuts at Petco Park. Um, absolutely nuts. There was a drunk Padre fan in our section during the Josh Hader stuff last night. That was I tweeted this out. There's like, where's Tim effing Hill? He was a huge Tim Hill guy. Huge Tim Hill fan. No idea why, uh, but huge Tim Hill fan. And when Tim Hill uh, struck out whoever that was to end that top of the ninth, he went nuts like we won the World Series. Uh, and then there were some fans that left when like Machado was up or when Soto was up. And it's like, it's the bottom of the ninth inning in a tie game and you're leaving right now? You stayed for this whole game and now you're leaving? What kind of fan are you? You know. And, and there was a Dodger fan there. Uh, I tweeted that out. It's like, wrong game, buddy. Padres Dodgers and you're, or Padres Giants and you're wearing Dodger stuff. You're just here to piss people off at that point, you know? Um, so, yeah, it was a, uh interesting night, a really, really fun night yesterday, and that was the highlight, obviously, of this series. Uh, Hollywood here. I like this channel better than that Hogwatch. Well, I, one, I appreciate that. Um, I'm not someone that is going to overreact to every single game. It's just not who I am. I know he tweeted today, uh, when uh, Chris Matt, I think, made that error, that throwing error to Crony, which was bad. He was like, pathetic, uh, game, game over, whatever. That's pretty much what he said. And then a couple innings later, the Padres have the lead, and they've scored 13 runs, and he looks like an idiot. You know, I'm not calling him one, but he looked like one after that. And So I'm not someone that is going to overreact to one moment. Um, I live here in San Diego. I'm not in L.A., that's all I'll say. You know, I don't. Hey, I respect that he's. I I respect that he's a Padre fan, and uh, you know he's doing the same thing I am. Uh, but I'm not. Again, I I'm just not that same personality. I'm not going to be screaming and yelling after every game. You know, I'll scream and yell after big moments, right? After uh, the Padres landed Soto, I was hyped. When the Padres traded Hosmer, I was really excited. But I'm not going to. You know, scream and yell after a loss in July or a win today, and it's like, oh, things are turned around. You know, they still got to go win these next five series. You know, uh, Dennis, I appreciate that. Keep up the good work. I appreciate that. I appreciate all you tuning in. By the way, podcast replay now. Totally understand or understand. Sorry. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. Don't know why I said understand there. Was I was probably looking at one of these comments here, and I was like, I understand what you're saying while I was trying to say something else. Okay. Um, yeah, Dan here. Haha, <laughs> Jim eating those words big time. Yeah, he was. Yep. He deserves it. Deserves all the crap that's going towards him. Just, I, I like to have fun with him. He knows it. He knows it. John likes to uh, egg that on, too. All right, so this was a pretty fun episode. Episode 213 of Talking Friars. I am Ben Fadden, your host. I'll be back maybe Friday to talk about some Padres subject. I'm sure there'll be something up, maybe a Tatis update. Uh, until then, go Padres. Uh, keep following the social media channels at Talking Friars. Subscribe, 
to this YouTube channel if you have not already. Just look up Talking Friars on YouTube for the podcast audience. Um, and I appreciate all your support. Go Padres, everyone, and have a good night. See ya.